0: Welcome in to the Autzen Audible's podcast uh, bowl week edition. I'm Matt Prem, Eric Scopo, Jared Mack, all on the show as usual. Uh, Jared and I are in sunny, warm Scottsdale uh, covering this bowl game. And Eric is back in Eugene covering it remotely. And leading up to it, uh, I, I think some of the bigger questions, some of the things that we're curious to know about is, who exactly are playing in this game for Oregon from an opt-out perspective. We'll get you updated on that. We'll get you um, somewhat updated on injury news from Dan Lanning's press conference last week, as well as um, look ahead a little bit to some talk on the matchup against Liberty, which is a 10 a.m. Pacific time kickoff on new year's day on Monday. It's going to be a little weird. 10 a.m. football, uh, for, for the Oregon Duck football fan base. But let's talk first here about um, departures, guys that are playing, guys that aren't. Troy Franklin announced his intentions to enter the NFL draft and will not be playing in the bowl game. He said that when he, he declared. We also know um, Popo Amavai has announced that he will not be playing. I think that was like a day or two before Christmas. Um, Kyrie Jackson will not be playing for Oregon uh in the bowl game and then Jackson Powers Johnson Oregon starting center is also not here uh for the game now who's playing uh Bo Nix, Bucky Ebring even though he has declared for the draft uh he will play in this game um Brandon Dorless will be playing in this game Evan Williams has said he will be playing in this game uh so The opt outs are there, but I think it's a testament that there's not many. There's not as many when you look at what's happened at Georgia or when you've happened, what's looked at Ohio State or Florida State, um, schools that aren't in the college football playoff. And I think that just speaks to a little bit of the the, the testament of this team, this buy in, the culture of these guys. Not that the guys aren't playing, weren't part of the culture, because they are. They're very big pieces of it. But I think each an individual guy that's not playing all has like legitimate reasons and understandable reasons of why they maybe won't be playing in the bowl game.
1: It it just kind of stinks in general that we have to have this discussion before yeah. the final game of every season. Um, that like key players aren't playing. Like Jackson Powers Johnson was an All American, Remington Award winner, Fred Franklin All American. Doesn't have those guys. That's just sort of a bummer, but. I think it, it says a lot to Matt's point about this team that guys like Bo and Bucky are playing in this game. Several others like Adoralis is playing in this game. Those couple of players don't always have to play in a game like this. Um, should also note nine transfers out also not playing in this game. Obviously, that's players like Ty Thompson is, will not be playing. That means the backup quarterbacks, but, you know, kind of slides to us. And I sad we talked about this. Um, Tranquo's Bridges not being available is somewhat notable, just considering that um, Kyrie isn't playing in this game. I don't know if we have uh, an update or not on what Jaleel Florence's status is either, but corner could be a position where Oregon's down several key players. Um, so that's something to kind of monitor, but it could be a lot worse to Matt's point. And Oregon certainly has a lot of its top players available for this, which is – um you know, a situation not everybody is in right now looks like jared might be having issues with his uh his setup there at least the video component but um yeah i don't know uh is there was there anything else you wanted to hit on on oregon side we can touch on a couple of things for liberty because they're also without a couple of key guys too
0: yeah you wrote that story let's let's touch on those liberty guys first and then we'll come back and discuss maybe who replaces those departed players because they're all i'm at least i'm surprised eric You'll give the names, but like legitimate dudes on this Liberty team are not playing because they've gone portal, which is strange to me.
1: Well, and again, it's it's just kind of stinks that that you go into this game and it's Liberty's best season ever. And arguably their best defensive player, Preston Hodge, um, who's, who's transferred to Colorado, he is, according to PFF, their best defensive player. He's a defensive back. Um, he's not in this game. This would be the equivalent of, I don't know, Evan Williams or uh, a Jeff Bossa, kind of those kind of caliber of players choosing not to play in this game because they're transferring. And again, that's not really on them as much as it is on this weird system we have right now where these guys don't, they don't have to play in the game. They, 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 they've got their benefits to not. So, um, i per, personally you can tell I, I i have a great disdain for that component of it but other names for guys who aren't playing that are kind of notable um kendy charles is a defensive lineman Br- brian whitehead is another defensive lineman these are kind of two of their rotation front seven guys that won't be playing guys who played 230 plus snaps um taishik galloway is another one who's played over 100 snaps So yeah, that's not like a massive contributor but it's a guy who was seeing field action pretty regularly um jonathan bennett who was uh their backup quarterback for most of the season is also not playing he's he's transferred as well so uh, and then there's a collection of other guys who are lesser down the depth chart but you're talking about your, your arguably your best defensive back and then two of probably your best five or six defensive linemen for liberty are not going to be playing in this game um obviously not a lot of offensive impacts which is
0: where they're at their best
1: where they're at their best, but defensively, they certainly won't be at their best either. Yeah.
0: Um, you asked about anything on Florence. Tosh Lupoy, Oregon's defensive coordinator, spoke with the media Thursday morning. Um, I wasn't there for this part, but Jared was, and he said that um, Tosh didn't say yes or no to Jordan Birch playing uh, in this game. I think we can probably safely assume Florence is playing in this game I don't know about maybe birch but that's a lot of speculation uh, you can, and you guys will
1: have answers to the next couple of days
0: yeah yeah we'll be at practice um Saturday uh and we'll we'll, we'll get to watch actual it's like contractedly University of Oregon is obligated to provide the media 15 minutes it even says it's in the schedule like Legitimate practice post stretching and warm up. Like they have it in the contract that the media is allowed into practice beyond for 15 minutes beyond stretching and warm up, which is what we typically watch. Now, uh, it wouldn't surprise me at all if all we see is like the mod bracket drill or special teams work. Um, but that'll at least give us some kind of indication of what Birch and Florence and a couple other guys, too. Um, their statuses from an injury standpoint moving forward. Um, now let's circle back to some of the guys that are gone. JPJ at center, Remington Award winner, mm-hmm. obviously the best the best player at the center position national nationally in college football this season. He's gone. And I and look, this is a guy that's dealt with injuries, I think, all three years that he's here. He mm-hmm. plays the, the most violent position. Uh, I I don't think there's any ill will or disappointment that he's not playing. Um, Poncho, uh, Ina Pani, Lalu slides into his, I will say, slot as a starter because you wrote the story, but Mm -hmm. um, it's not necessarily a lock that he starts at center.
1: Yeah, I will be curious to see how this plays out. It's, it's either Poncho or Marcus Harper. And if Marcus Harper slides over to center, Poncho slides in at left guard. So either way, Poncho is one of the starting five now for this game, or that's the expectation or what he shared at least last week when he spoke with media. Um, I guess we haven't talked about the fact that we did speak to a bunch of true freshmen last week, which was which yeah. was fun. And we've obviously got a lot of content of that up on the site. I'm sure most of have already seen that. But if you haven't, you can go check it out. Updates on like guys like Jerrion Dickey and – um, Mateo and uh, T- Tatum Tuioti and Cole Martin talking about playing for their dad. Some cool stuff up there um, from the true freshman. But, yeah, Poncho is, is-, is going to be put- – I think I would bet if he would be the center. That would be my yeah. expectation of for this. If you think back to the season when, when Powers Johnson has missed some snaps, it's been Poncho who's okay. filled in. So that would be the guy to expect there. And, look, it's a true freshman and going into his first game doing this. He has no center experience at the high school or youth level. He only started playing the position in the spring. So these are things you hear and probably don't make you feel great, but everybody's so um, confident about what he's going to be. And I've heard from Alik Terry when I did the story on, on Poncho and uh, Jackson Powers Johnson earlier during this regular season, and they think he's he thinks he's going to be a stud. So I, I don't have a ton of concerns here, but certainly true freshman, new position, Um, reason to kind of monitor that. Oregon fans obviously know what happens in bowl games when maybe you don't have your normal center. We'll see if that rears its ugly head, but I don't expect it will. And I think, if anything, this is going to be an opportunity to see Poncho kind of take a stranglehold of this position for the 2024 season and beyond.
0: Now, let's segue that into another freshman that's probably going to play a lot in this fiesta Bowl on the offensive side of the football. Um, I don't have the quotes, so I don't have a ton of the context behind this. Uh, Jared was the one that spoke with a couple of the defensive players today at, at media availability and got the insight there, but jury Dickey is a freshman receiver. That's probably going to play quite a bit in this bowl game. Um, he himself has come out and said that he's finally healthy after a torn meniscus injury, the first month of his high school senior season. Um, couldn't do anything really up until fall camp and it was then it was basically getting yourself back into shape playing shape strength wise and he said like about a month ago he he's really started feeling uh back to being a hundred percent and with troy franklin out everyone slides up a ring so tez becomes from 1b to 1a uh trey sean holden's probably now going to be a regular contributing starter uh gary bryant jr Will, will, will be available for this game um and then it creates uh an opening who becomes that fourth receiver that oregon plays because throughout the year they basically operated with four receivers is it going to be kyle casper a, a redshirt freshman or Justin Slow, another redshirt freshman uh two guys who have played a lot of football from a limited depth perspective this season uh, or could it be jerry on dickey um but jared Jared told me after we left media availability that a lot of the defensive players that spoke, which today was Brandon Dorless, Jeffrey Bossa, Steve Stevens, Evan Williams, and Taishim Johnson, um, those five, they all they all talked about on being uh, one of the breakout candidates for next season for Oregon's offense, which opens the door for maybe we potentially see – more jerry on in the fiesta ball I, I, the, the starters will be trey Sean, gary and and ted's um and we'll certainly have to talk about what that group will look like as a three-man unit going forward but then the, the secondary aspect is who gets those that fourth guy's reps and it's gonna be three guys between casper dickie and and low but maybe dickie's the wild card here
1: uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think there's reason to be really intrigued by this. Kind of reminds me of Troy Franklin Dante Thornton as true freshman back at the um the Alamo Bowl a couple years ago against Oklahoma. Obviously, that was a game Oregon lost and didn't play very well in, but that kind of catapulted, I think, Troy the next year to being one of those guys and having, you know, a, a really strong sophomore season. So it's a little different. Troy obviously had played a ton as a true freshman that year. Jurian has played, I think, fewer than like 40 snaps over the course of the season. Matt kind of outlined why some of the health stuff he was dealing with. But, you know, speaking with Jurian last week, I mean, he, he indicated he's been getting run with the ones and the twos. This whole kind of build up to to the bowl game. So, yeah, I expect the, the guys Matt mentioned to be the starters. But I wouldn't be surprised if Dickie plays 20, 25 snaps in this game. And shoot if he has a couple of impressive plays he could be one of those guys coming out of this game that we're talking about a lot during the off season of okay well yeah i'm, I'm maybe they added this guy in the portal or maybe this true freshman is somebody to be interested in but don't forget about jury on dickey because he, maybe he's going to come out of this kind of being one of those 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 breakout candidates as as you kind of alluded to and physically he's always had all the tools and it sounds like he's now finally feeling back to back to 100 which is awesome to hear It'll be interesting to see what this looks like on the field because this is one of the guys I think all of us were really interested to to watch play this year, haven't really got an opportunity, and and on Monday that might be the opportunity to see him kind of unload.
0: Um, Popo's departure, like do we feel like it changes really much from a player usage standpoint? or I mean, he, he and Taki Tiamani basically shared the job and they basically rotated they played evenly splits uh they, they started like half the year each um i think talkie maybe started a little bit more towards the end of the year than what popo did um but i don't know if there's really going to be much of a change from like a, a player personnel perspective of all of a sudden someone else plays maybe ben roberts who appears to be yeah. redshirting this season I, I, but i don't know and i think this is probably yeah. why they've been targeting the portal because it really isn't a clear body type beyond these two
1: yeah for that interior nose tackle spot yeah i mean certainly um you know that's how uh, tovita pome he wasn't a contributor but that was a player playing a similar role and he took off and to your point i think they will address this position going forward but um yeah i don't know how much it impacts i mean obviously you're, you're probably taking 20 snaps from Popo and just you know kind of dispersing that amongst Taki and Casey Rogers slides inside a little bit maybe maybe I don't think doorless ever slides that far inside but there will be some sort of an impact Keon Moore Hudson is probably a name to know maybe yeah maybe Ben Roberts it just enters the rotation and plays 10 15 snaps something we haven't really seen this season um I do think this is kind of notable when you look at the matchups, though just because and again I we, we haven't done a lot of Liberty talk this is the nation's top rush offense and kind of by a lot uh, averaging over 300 yards on the ground per game this season that's uh, about 21 yards more than air force which came in second nationally oregon for for context um finished the season 30th with 183 yards on the ground so take out one of your top rush guy or yeah your run defenders in, in popo maybe that plays sort of an impact here but um i'm not super, super concerned with the interior of Oregon's defensive line, even in the game with Washington, where there were issues against the run. I thought a lot of that had to do with outside linebackers and edge guys kind of having a hard time holding up uh, against the run play. So, um, yeah, I don't know. That's kind of where I'm at in terms of the Popo absence for this one. I think it, it hurts, but I think Oregon's pretty well equipped to, to handle the departure.
0: Um. Jeffrey Bossa called it like, well, I asked Tasha, have they seen any kind of similar defenses in the conference? He said, no. Um, he said from a, a physical player personnel standpoint, they've seen some similarities. He, he talked about how their passing game and the players that they have at certain positions are f- similar to what Liberty has at, uh, receiver to Washington or to a USC, which I thought was interesting. I wasn't expecting that. Mm. Um, and then Jeffrey Bossa said that there's a lot of triple option principles within the Liberty defense or Liberty <laughs> offense, excuse me. And that he said that there's no one in the conference that that runs triple option. Uh, and so to your point, like that's going to be one that that's. That, it's a unique. It's a unique offense paired with now you've lost one of your best interior guys. How they replace Popo's snaps will be something to watch, no doubt about it. Uh, secondary, you know, that's the one where there's there's been a lot of portal departures, and there's been a lot of there's not there's also an opt out. Kyrie's Jackson's opting out. We don't we expect Florence to play, but at the same time he is hurt. It, it was a serious injury. Um, towards the end of the season and TriQuest Bridges has gone into the portal. So if worst case scenario, Jackson's gone, uh, Bridges is gone and Florence can't play. Now you're left with Dante Manning and a bunch of basically true freshmen at the cornerback's position. Uh, That's one where you're maybe a little, I don't know if you're worried or you know super scared of it, but it's definitely one of note. And, Something that i'm sure liberty is going to be trying to scheme up ways to to attack and target
1: nico reed would be the other name to know so it would be but that's that's still you go from and again we don't know on florence i think you guys will get more clarity down down there this weekend but um oregon's kind of had five i don't want to say starting caliber but five corners that they could rely on and i know there are definitely mixed opinions on oregon's cornerback room amongst fans and maybe they disagree with my assertion that there are five guys that you could rely on there, but they certainly had five guys that were playing. And if we already know two of them won't be playing in this game with, with Jackson and bridges, if Florence either can't play or can't finish the game, which we should note, he had a hard time finishing a lot of the games to close the season. Even once he started, that does put a lot of pressure on Dante Manning, uh, Nick, Nico Reed. And then I think Roderick pleasant becomes the next name to know. And then probably after that Solomon Davis, because as far as we know, Dalen Austin is still dealing with an injury. Cole Martin, who's a true freshman, people really like, is a safety. He's um, he said that much. That that's he's playing safety and nickel exclusively right now. So, um, a little bit limited options there at corner. And Liberty's got guys on the outside. I mean, we we, we can you know get into this offense here again. I, I we should note like there's only a couple offenses in the country that have been more prolific this year than Liberty This averaged about 41 points per game. That's fifth nationally. And they've averaged over 500 yards per game offensively, which is third nationally. Oregon statistically is better in both of those categories, but they're one of the very few teams in the country that can say that. So I, I think Liberty is going to pose some problems. I spoke with a couple people kind of around the program during the last week or so that said, yeah, like I think people are kind of overlooking how, how good Liberty is offensively. You know, I think people see the name, they don't recognize it, I see that they're 13 and 0. They played in conference USA. I think I saw a stat. This is they played the weakest schedule in the country. Like all of that can be true. It can also be true that Liberty has some talent offensively and that can give Oregon some some issues. And Caden Saltler, whose name we haven't talked about on this podcast, was a top 50 recruit out of high school a couple of years ago. Started his career at Tennessee, transferred over to Liberty, and has been statistically probably had one of the top five seasons of any quarterback. In in FBS football this year. Uh, one of only two guys along with Jaden Daniels to to run for a thousand yards as a quarterback. So they've got some guys on offense and certainly with with kind of a depleted secondary missing a guy up front in Popo, there are going to be some some areas where some younger players are going to have to fill in and, and be ready to play at a high level because Liberty's offense is is certainly not a joke. Here.
0: There's no other there's no other departures defensively um, that are really like that. We're going to impact this game one way or the other. Agreed. So um, there's a couple others that, that have hit, but none of them are, are going to be ones that if, if they were here, they would have played anyway. So this is kind of what Oregon is at right now. Um, I do think like there, there's always been the back of my mind. Like, are we going to see a couple more maybe right before kickoff? but just judging on what players have said today, which was just defensive players only. Okay. Five five guys. Like the talk of the team unity, the talk of the team chemistry, like it would be a pretty big shock if anyone else hits. So for now it, it feels at least this is kind of who Oregon's rolling with. And maybe we just end it here of just, you know, we'll we'll dive more into game picks and predictions and whatnot on uh, over the weekend. But from from a bowl perspective, it, Oregon's not in a game that they want to be in. Like they wanted to be in the college football playoff. Um, they they're excited to be in Phoenix. They're excited to play in a New Year's Six bowl game. They're excited to be playing on January first. They know that, and that's I think that's all genuine. But yeah,
1: there's. I think so too.
0: There's probably some disappointment that they're not in the playoff. There's probably some disappointment too. Like, no offense, that that they got put into the bowl game that has to have the group of five opponent, and you know this game just doesn't have the the same luster that uh, Penn State, Ole Miss has, or what a um, even with the opt outs, a Georgia, Florida State game carries with it. Yeah, but I don't think this team like. Looking at it, like I still think this team's pretty fired up to be here. It's still pretty dialed in. They're pretty committed to winning. And a lot of guys today spoke about like they don't want to leave a you know a bad taste in their mouth with how they've performed. I don't think anyone was really happy that how they played or how they executed against Washington. Yeah. Not you know, and not that you know, it's clear Washington was a better team this season. They won twice. But I don't think they, they ever gave their best effort against Washington. And so many guys talked about today, like they want to walk off the field knowing they executed well, whether that's a win or a loss, who knows. But they want to at least know that they, that they played better football. Uh, and I think that's pretty rare. And, and today's day and age, how we started the show of opt-outs and portal guys and the craziness that's happening to college football, that's kind of watering down bull season.
1: A lot of these guys were on the 2021 team that finished the season with the total whimper, right? Like think back to that 2021 season and where people's minds were at kind of in mid November before the wheels came, fell off in Salt Lake city and then in in Las Vegas in the conference championship game. And then to close the season in the Alamo bowl again, which was a really disappointing showing with a really depleted team. So I, I think there's probably a sense amongst the guys that like, We don't want to do that again. And again, it's not because of the portal and everything. It's not a huge number of guys, but there are some of the core players that are on this team, like a Jeff Boss or a Brandon Dorlis, some of the offensive linemen, Stephen Jones, Marcus Harper were on that team. Terrence Ferguson was on that team. Troy Franklin was on that team. But like those guys had to feel like losing three straight games to end a season, or two straight games to end a season, sorry, because I I think that's out of order. that doesn't feel very good. And that's what could happen here again. And it would be a little bit harder to understand losing to Liberty as well. And I know that's probably not something they want to admit before the game, but losing to Oklahoma, which is like, by Caleb Williams, like, okay, kind of understand that losing to Liberty after what this season was. And not that long ago, they were right in the heart of the college football playoff race and possibly a national championship. That would be a really hard end of a season to swallow i think so um i think that this team should be really motivated to go out and play hard and play really well because there's still an opportunity to become one of the very few oregon teams that's ever won 12 games in a season and all that takes is to play i would say your b your b plus game in about four or five days and and i think that becomes a reality
0: three guys mentioned that very thing that not the b plus game part but the uh there there's only a handful of Oregon teams that have ever won 12 games yep. in a single season. And I think that's probably one of the motivators, one of the rallying cries for this team of why the, so many of the key guys are playing, why they're so probably motivated to be playing in this game. Um, and why you know they're trying to find the positives of not reaching their full goals and turning it into uh, this one. We'll have full coverage of this bowl game leading up to this bowl game on duckterritory.com. Hopefully we can get Jared, uh, his internet figured out here down in the desert so that he can join the podcast uh, next, which we'll – I think we're planning on recording either Saturday or Sunday. Uh, not sure which day we, we picked, but uh, we're going to record our, our game preview one, Saturday or Sunday, and then uh, we'll have a recap from Glendale uh, – I think it's called the State Farm Stadium or something. I can't remember the name of a Cardinal Stadium. Uh, Jared and I will have a recap from the stadium there as well. Uh, so go to duckterritory.com for full lead-up to coverage of this bowl game. Tomorrow, uh, we'll and five offensive players will speak with the media, uh, and then we'll get a full media day on Saturday with the entire team, uh, and then head coach Dan Lanning will speak on Sunday. So that kind of is something to look forward to on the site. While – Also, our regular scheduled game week content. Eric's doing his nose foes, 10 players to know type stuff, Uh, most important recruits, uh, all of that on duckterritory.com. Until then, you've been listening to the and Audible's podcast. Talk
1: to you later, folks. Peace.